and more on the topic of transactions regarding metaltal and movable objects. So, as I said before, every transaction has these two components. There's the meeting of the minds, uh, and then that's called gemir das. That's the regarding the terms of uh, the transaction. We'll call that price. And then there's the second step, which is this Maisa Kenyan, some kind of specific act which effects the transfer. Now, really, Midor Raisaf, according to Torah law, giving money would effect the transaction. So as soon as the purchaser gives money, that should be hence accepted by the seller, then that should transfer ownership. But the rabbi said, no, we're not going to allow money to effect the transaction. Their concern was essentially that the seller would um, then not take responsibility for delivering the goods, and if there be, say, a fire, so then he wouldn't protect the purchaser's goods. So therefore, to force the seller to take responsibility until delivery, the rabbi said, no, until physical delivery is taken, meaning cash alone is not good enough, so the transfer uh, will not have occurred. So now, what does that mean? That means the basic standard way in which a person acquires metaltalin is by doing a Kenyan hagbah, lifting it up, literally just picking it up. So that is showing proof positive that the purchaser now has taken possession. Sometimes, however, that's just not possible. If you're you know, selling a, a, a vat of flour and the the vat weighs 100 kilos, you know, 200 pounds, so you can't just like, lift it up. Um, so that being the case, uh, what will happen is you'll use a separate kind of kinyan called the kinyan mashicha. Mashicha means to pull. Okay, so you'll just, basically you'll take possession by pulling that vat, moving the vat, rather than lifting it up. Um, now, the kinyan mashicha only works in a place which um, the purchaser has a right to be. So that would be either his own private property, or let's say a shared property, let's say the buyer and seller are partners. So they're doing this, they have a warehouse that they jointly own, so then a mashicha inside the warehouse would work. Or, uh, in the time of Chazal, the way their cities were planned, off of the main Rishiyos Arabim, the main roads, there was things called the Simta. Simta, we'll call that an alleyway, for lack of a better translation. So the alleyway is there specifically, it's like a no-man's land where people are supposed to be using it for doing these kinds of transactions. And that being the case, if one does Meshicha in a Simta, so that also will be effective in transferring ownership. Okay, now because of that, or based on that, the our Mishnah says, Hamocher peros lechavero. Let's say Reuven and Shimon are selling this wheat, okay, and they agree on a price. They say, Reuven's going to sell Shimon the wheat for, you know, 10 shekels a kilo, um, and he's got this big vat full of full of um, this you know, wheat flour, and then mashach v'lo madad, and then Shimon pulls the big vat, but he doesn't yet measure it. That means he doesn't know how many kilos are inside the vat. So that means that there's no clarity on how much, in terms of shekels or dollars, the purchaser is going to be paying. But they did agree on terms. The terms were agreed upon. They said it's 10 shekels a kilo. So then, if and when the purchaser does mashicha, he moves the vat uh, in a simta or his private property, etc. So then that is the maizakinin, and it becomes the the property of the purchaser, even though we don't yet know how much the purchaser has to pay because we haven't yet measured it. So again, our mission says, if Reuven sells this, let's say, flour to Shimon, and mashach madad, and Shimon does Mashiach pulls the container that's holding the flour, even though Lomadad, he hadn't yet measured it, so he doesn't know how much there actually is in the container. Nevertheless, Kana, Shimon has acquired the contents, and Reuven can't go back anymore, uh, because the Maizakin has been done. He just had to figure out how much it has to get paid. On the other hand, if Madad Velo Mashach, if they agreed on terms, it's 10 shekels a kilo, and even it's been measured out, meaning that, you know, 
there, Shimon says, okay, I'm going to now pour out for you 100 kilos of flour into my containers for you to take. And they're all measured and poured into the containers. If lo mashach, if the purchaser hadn't yet taken physical possession, he didn't yet, you know, drag the container, Shimon the buyer. So then lo kana, he hasn't bought it. Hasn't bought it means he could back out. So if while that's happening, all of a sudden he gets a message on his, you know, on his phone, oh goodness, the price of flour has like, you know, dropped precipitously. Now you can buy it much cheaper elsewhere. Don't don't go to the deal. So now Shimon could back out. You may recall from Bav Metzia, one who backs out after agreeing on terms like this. Um, and they've agreed on terms. Now they're going to do the deal. So that is um, subject to a rabbinic curse known as Misha Para. The basic curse is the same person who was Porea, who took retribution against the people of the flood and of the Dor HaFlaga, you know, the generation of dispersal of the Tarabavel. So that same Hashem, that same God, will take, you know, just deserts retribution against the guy who backed out of the deal. Uh, but all that aside, even though there is a curse, um, technically the purchaser is within his legal rights um, to back out. So there, he could, he could. He'll just be subject to being, a, he's a bad guy getting a curse. It's not a person who's a word. Now, um, now, if, let's say the purchaser is afraid that the price of wheat, let's say, is going to go up. So he wants to close the deal quickly. So how, let's say he's, you know, he's got, there's 100 containers of wheat here, and he's not going to go and be Moshachal 100 of them. So what could he do? If he's a clever fellow, what he'll do, the purchaser, what he'll do is he will temporarily rent the ground, the space on which his the barrels he wants to buy are being kept. He'll rent that from the seller. Let's say they're in the seller's warehouse. He doesn't want to schlep 100 barrels out of the warehouse and into like the simta. So instead, he can the buyer can rent the warehouse, you know, for, or the area of the warehouse on, on beneath his barrels, even just for a minute. And then with the rental, he can then acquire what's on his rented property through what's called a Kenyan chatzer. One's property, one's chatzer, can acquire on his behalf, assuming it's Mishnah America, assuming he's present and it's it's protected. So that's happening over here. So what would happen is the purchaser would um, effect a rental of the land beneath the purchased goods. That can be done um, with cash, sef, star, chazaka. So money would be a useful way to effect the transaction. So the buyer gives a shekel to the seller, and that shekel's not to purchase the wheat. It's to rent the land beneath the wheat. And now... Concurrent with the renting of the land, he will have um, this, um, this uh, also this ability for his now chatzer, his chatzer, his uh, his property to acquire on his behalf. That'll work. Halukech pishtan mechavero says the Mishnah. Now, if the purchaser is buying flax, flax um, is usually bundled in small quantities because it's it's delicate and therefore it's not heavy, and therefore it's possible to lift each one up separately. Therefore, you have to lift them up. The purchaser has not actually taken legal ownership until he actually picks up the bundles of flax and, you know, puts them from place A to place B. The point is that he has the Kenyan Hagbah picking them up. That's required. Now, what happens if the flax is still attached to the ground and he wants to buy, like, the standing flax that's in, you know, Shimon's buying it from Reuven, it's in Reuven's field. So then... Um, the Mishnah says kind of pretty simply, it just says um, what he can do is as long as uh, Shimon plucks one off the ground, out of the ground, so then he'll have acquired all of the flax. How is that working? Because it's not consistent with what we said at all. Plucking up one stalk of flax shouldn't be a Mysakinian for all of the field. So what's happening here is actually two steps. 
um, behind the scenes, and it has to be a scenario in which both buyer and seller understand these two steps and have agreed to them. Um, step one is that um, the seller is telling the buyer, listen, do me some do some work on my behalf to improve my field. Like you'll start har- start the harvest by plucking up you know the first stalk, and that harvest um, harvesting is worth something. It's worth a sheva pruta. So now I, the seller owes the buyer something, and he says instead of paying you you know the shekel for your services, I'll just um, in exchange for that I'll just rent you my uh, field where the flax is you know for a moment, and now. Um, flax, which is fully ripened and no longer needs anything besides harvesting, is considered to be already like um, metallic, even though it's attached to the ground, so because it's like doesn't need the ground anymore. So then, again, you have this essentially like a kinyan agav. You have what happens is the purchaser is getting um, paid in allowing to rent the field. It's like he's instead of giving the shekel over, he's kind of getting paid in rental with the rental of the property. And then once you rent the property, agav, like on the back of that, there's such a thing called kinyan agav. When you um, rent property, you can um, piggyback onto that and also acquire other metalton, uh, um, movable property, movable objects. So that's happening here. So he'll rent the property and then simultaneously acquire what's on the property there. Kinyan agav could be also kinyan chatzar because he, he has, he owns the, the land itself. Um, so that is what's happening. The payment I'm just repeating myself now. The payment for the harvesting of that single stock essentially is going to be paid in by renting in the field, by the seller renting the buyer the field for a moment. And then once he's got the field concurrent with the taking of the field, he can also acquire the, the flax that's growing on that field. And that's how the buyer could acquire um, all the flax growing in the field, even by just plucking up a single one of the flax stalks.